Baseball 360 friends, welcome back to another episode. A Mother's Day special. You will be watching this on Sunday with your boys that you help raise. Also, for those of you watching, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that like and subscribe button. What are you waiting for, baby? This is baseball season. We're already in May. Let's go. Fazio, what's going on, brother? Hey, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Things are going great. Got my Oakland A's shirt today, just purchased recently from Urban Outfitters, so shout out to them. Uh, we'll talk a little A's later on the show, but uh, ready to roll into this next segment here. Looking forward to it, my friend. Let's head to first base, shall we? Let's go. As we head to first base, I got to touch on this topic that's been, that's been bothering me. We got to talk about these New York Mets. Oh boy, they're going into today with a 19-20 and 20 record through their first 39 games. It's the record we all thought they would have, right? Eh, wrong. They've been shut out six times, six times already on this young season. Seven. Seven. Seven times. Thank you, Fazio. They've been shut out seven times so far on this young season. They've lost five straight series, six total this season. They didn't lose their first series until May 15th of last year. Last year, we were talking about how this team is different. This team this season is looking like the old Mets again. They haven't lost five straight series since September 2012, the Terry Collins era. Yes, we're going back that far. The other day, they didn't even know who was going to pitch in the Nationals series. You have TBAs going down the line. It's stuff like that that really embarrasses me and pisses me off. Tomas Nito, I guess his allergies are bothering him to the point where you got to go out and sign Gary Sanchez. Yeah, he'll turn things around. Fazio, let me pick your Yankee brain for a second here. Am I going crazy or... Is my frustration legitimate here? Well, as a Yankees fan, I will say that I don't think it's time to panic just yet. I think the Mets still have a good opportunity to turn things around a bit, try to get one of the wild card spots. I do think the NL East is a little out of reach for them. The Braves just continue to dominate in this division, so I don't foresee them taking this division. However, I still think there's an outside chance that they could become a playoff team. Now, Mike, I, I know you're kind of saying like, you want to try to keep like an even calm Demeter, but you have to think, you know, there's some frustration going on with this team and it's kind of bleeding out a little bit in this little rant you got going on here. I prefaced in my uh, 40 minutes to flushing podcast with Sean that May was going to be a much easier month for us. That has not been the case right now. They're five and eight in the month of May. They've uh, lost 13 of their last 18 games. I could continue to roll off negative statistics, and I'm sick and tired of doing it. They've been shut out in 18% of their games. I didn't even know that was a stat, but I mean, when the Mets play like this, I guess you'll dig and find negative statistics. The other day when I got the news about Max Scherzer missing a game for neck spasms, it didn't bother me at this point because they could go into the stands and pick out somebody to give up five or six runs anyway. So what's the difference? You think I'm pissed? Look at what it's doing to Buck Showalter. Guys hasn't been ejected yet until the other day against the Reds. He's starting to lose it. Ugh. I mean, the easy thing for me right now would be just negative, LOL, Mets, jump ship. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I want to stay with this team. I want to bring some of that positive energy this organization developed last year, some of that tenacity, and I want to still have faith in them. And But if that's the case, I need this team to meet me halfway. 
Because if they continue to play like this, they're going nowhere. Uncle Stevie, this is your first test. I need you to shake some things up. I need, I need something to change. Yeah, as far as the rotation goes, they've allowed runs in six straight first innings and 18 of 39 games this season. So, I mean, if anything, they should look to their starters and say, hey, listen, we got a great rotation. It's just a matter of staying healthy. And I know Verlander just came back. He's been roughed up a little bit so far. Scherzer's got that next spasm, as you alluded to. Looks like he's going to start this Sunday, though. So we'll have to see how this rotation kind of turns around. But I think that's kind of the first place you kind of go to. When you have your team give up a couple of runs in the first inning, you already have your backup against the wall. It kind of kills the energy in the dugout and in the stands. And, you know, we talked about, you know, Verlander and Max's age. Is the only reason why he's given up runs is because he's 39 years old? I got to be honest with you. It sounds like a gigantic excuse. So this coming week, they got to face the Rays and the Guardians, two teams that are not an easy, you know, obviously the Rays are the best in the, in the league. Guardians, you know, even though they're a little under 500, still have a decent ball club. And I expect them to kind of pick things up as the season goes along here. So, you know, we'll have to see how the Mets fare against those teams. But, you know, if, they get past this week, maybe they you know go on a little bit of a run and, and try to right the ship a little bit more. Yeah, obviously the schedule is getting tougher, but they technically have the weakest strength of schedule so far. So I, yeah, they're just playing like garbage, and they have the record they deserve. I feel your frustration. I mean, I can't really be too like upset about the Yankees, which we'll get to in this next segment here, but. You know, it's tough in, uh, in in Met world for sure right now. Let's head from first to second, shall we? Let's cross over to the Boogie Down Bronx, where the Tampa Bay Rays defeated the New York Yankees for their 30th win of the season, leading all of Major League Baseball. Unfortunately, they were dealt their first true blow of this season. Drew Rasmussen, after getting the victory Thursday night against the Yankees, was placed on the 60-day DL with a flexor strain. Rays have been nearly perfect all season long so far. Uh, I wonder if this will throw them for a loop or they'll just keep on riding along. They got young pitching in their minors system. I have a feeling it's going to be next man up for them. Look for Taj Bradley to come back to the majors. Yeah, definitely. I think they're kind of in a little bump of the road right now. They lost last night to the Yankees uh, after Anthony Rizzo mashed two home runs against them. One was a solo shot in the first, and the much bigger one was a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth to kind of put them ahead for good. It was this bobblehead night as well. It was the uh, Star Wars Mandalorian theme bobblehead. So I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Are you, Mike? Uh, I could kind of, I like the old stuff, but this new stuff with Disney, I, you can miss me with all that stuff. I'm on the same boat. I think, you know, they have an epic, you know, legacy. But in any case, uh, Yankees now are sitting at 22 and 18. They're technically could be in first place if they play in the AL Central. Unfortunately, they play in the AL East, and they're actually in last. They're eight games back of the Rays. They're only half a game back of the wild card spot, the last one that the Red Sox currently holds. Speaking of the Red Sox, both the Yankees and them are 7-3 and three in their last 10. So we may see history where four teams in the same division wind up making it to the postseason. I couldn't agree with you more. I see the Baltimore Orioles are trying to keep pace with the Tampa Bay Rays. They took two out of three against them earlier this week, showing that you can't write them off at all. They were the Cinderella's last year, but we weren't sure if they were going to continue that into this season. 
They're a winning ball club. Their offense is spectacular. They're getting great pitching out of Kyle Gibson leading that rotation. Uh, Felix Bautista, their closer, is shutting down some games for them. They're a pretty good ball club out there in Baltimore. Yeah, they're sitting at 25-13. and 13. They had a thrilling victory Friday night. They uh, beat the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of our favorite teams, 6-3. Cedric Mullins hit a cycle. He actually hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth, three-run homer to kind of give him the lead and the victory uh, it was actually the 12th cycle in franchise history. So they sit four games back of the East and they're three and a half games up of that wild card spot as of this morning, Saturday morning. So the Orioles are just showing power. They're showing that they have bats to contend. Adley Rushman is probably one of the best catchers in the league. He's exciting to watch. And so this team is, is got a lot of character and Baltimore, the city itself. I think they're like, it's a good fit. They're a good match. Baltimore has got like this blue collar, like, you know, all against one type of attitude. This team has the exact same thing going for him. Listen, I would love to see the Orioles make it into the World Series. Nobody expects that to happen. Let's shift over to the National League. National League Central. The Milwaukee Brewers finally pried the lead for that division right out of the Pittsburgh Pirates' hands. Then again, they didn't have a very firm grasp on it anyway. The Pirates are 1-9 in their last 10 ballgames. The Brewers haven't been much better either, 3-7, but they were able to sneak into first place last night after defeating the lowly Royals. Where do you stand right now on Milwaukee? Milwaukee right now, they have a solid team. I think, you know, they're... Definitely in contention to fight for a wild card spot in this uh, in this National League. I still think that this division itself, despite how awful some of these teams have played, including the St. Louis Cardinals, that it's still wide open. I think it's too close to call as of this moment because a team hasn't really taken advantage of one or the other to kind of take a, a you know a step up, create some separation in the division. There's still a lot of games to be played in this division. I think even the Cardinals still have an outside shot. Now, will I think that they'll take it doubtful just the way based off the way that they're playing, but going to the Brewers, I think overall they have a solid squad. Corbin Burns is kind of, you know, the anchor of this rotation. He pitched a great game Friday night, went six innings, gave up two hits, no earned. And he struck out seven on his fourth victory of the season. So, He's had three quality starts in each of his, those games, despite losing the previous one to the Giants. I think their offense is solid enough to get them into a first place bid uh, by the end of the season, but we'll just have to monitor how each of these teams play out. The Cubs are a solid squad. The Pirates, despite them losing you know, 9 out of 10, they still have a decent squad. I think they're starting to kind of feel the O'Neill Cruz injury a bit. They're scuffling a bit. Mitch Keller pitched a hell of a game uh, on Monday. Went complete game shutout. He looks like he's been dominating this whole season for them. So, you know, if these guys kind of trade back and forth these starts. Who knows? Maybe we'll see three or four teams towards the end of the year, last week of the season, them competing for this division. No, for sure. I mean, it's going to be a complete logjam in the National League Central you know, with the schedule and the way everybody kind of plays everybody at least once or twice. You might see a lopsided division. One division's going to have a bunch of playoff teams. The other will barely have any. Happy to see the Brewers take a game from the Los Angeles Dodgers the other night, but the Dodgers have been red hot. Yeah, they just started a three-game set with the Padres as well. Uh, they took that first game 4-2 to two, behind another solid pitching performance from our boy Dustin May. He went six and two-thirds, gave up five hits, 
two earned, one walk, and three Ks. Uh, if he had gotten that last out in that inning, he would have gotten the win, but wasn't to be. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, they both went back-to-back in the bottom half of the seventh. That was the difference in the game there. Let's talk about Evan Phillips a little bit. They're now closer. Didn't look like it in the beginning of the season. I think they were trying to go with Bruzdar Gratterall uh, in this closing role, but they turned to Phillips. He only gave up three earned runs in one game so far this season. That was it. It was against the Giants April 11th. Since then, he's closed out seven games. I always feel like that's a really important part to their success over the years is having a dominant closer. Kenley Jansen obviously being one uh, more recently. Craig Kimbrell they acquired in a trade deadline. He was pretty dominant in that role. So I feel like they always have a really solid closer uh, throughout the years, and I think Phillips is lining into this role pretty nicely for them. I agree with you there. They always seem to have a guy who can lock it down at the end of the game. Uh, Shout out to Kenley Jansen, reaching his 400th career save earlier this week. Um, He's been doing great for the Red Sox, by the way. Uh, But real quick, back to the Dodgers. You know, they're 8-2, rather, in their last 10 ball games. They're starting to get into that Dodger rhythm we're used to, where they go on a big winning streak. You know, they win 26 out of 30. You know those wild streaks they go on. Indeed, and as going to the Padres, who they're facing in this series. Juan Soto looked like he's getting a little more comfortable at the plate. He's banged 395 in the month of May. He's got nine doubles, a home run, eight RBIs. So it looks like he's warming up a bit there. San Diego's going to really need him to produce if they want to keep pace with the Dodgers. They're three games back currently. Uh, they have a wild card spot in their grasp. So it's going to be interesting to see this division and this series kind of unfold as this weekend rolls along. Speaking of interleague matchups, we have a banger going on this weekend. We got the Toronto Blue Jays against the Atlanta Braves. Potential World Series preview. Last night, Chris Bassett went out there with a complete game shutout against Spencer Strider. Way to show up for Chris Bassett last night for the Blue Jays. That was the last nine-inning shutout since 2015, tossed by good old Mark Burley. Yeah, for the Blue Jays there. And what a night for Spencer Strider to have and then only give up an RBI single to George Springer. That was the difference of his game. He struck out 12 guys in that performance. I think he's going to be the only pick that I made that will pan out in our award show because he's looking like a Cy Young Award winner to me. Yeah, no, I believe he has that locked down already. Obviously, there's about four months to go, but he looks fantastic. Toronto is doing that thing where they come out of the gate, they, you know, they go on a nice little win streak, and then they fall back. They win again, then they fall back. The offense is it's hitting, then it's quiet, then it's hitting again. Just an overall lack of consistency so far, but you do see glimpse of what this team can be. They're currently sitting at 22-16. and 16. Seven games back of the Rays. They are up half a game on that second wild card spot. So again, these guys, they're a great team. I think they're one of the best teams in the league. And if they do match up against the Rays in, say, a seven-game series, I do think they could take them. But it's going to need to be on the backs of their offense to get them to that spot. A lot of season left for the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, they they find their consistency on the offensive side of the ball. And that rotation pitches the way it's supposed to. They got plenty of names in that rotation. You know, they shouldn't have an issue from here on out. As we go from second to third base, we're back talking about the Oakland A's yet again. 
they made a deal with Ballycor to demolish the Tropicana Hotel and Casino to build a $1.5 billion, with a capital B, dollar ballpark over there in the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, this is according to uh, Howard Stutz on Twitter, so shout out to him for this info. Uh, according to the reports, the uh, Athletics are going to ask for $395 million in public financing if they get the go-ahead to build the stadium on this site. They were asking for $500 million, so they got it down to three ninety-five. They also want to build like a big team store out there and then, like sell the Oakland, or Las Vegas A's merchandise to all the fans that are like walking on the strip. Kind of seems like a little bit of a huge sellout move to me, Mike. Uh, we actually saw last night, Friday night, some fans throwing tomatoes at uh, some pictures of Commissioner Rob Manfred, their owner, John Fisher, and the president, Dave Caval. Uh People actually had tomatoes in the parking lot. They were just launching them at pictures of their faces against the board there. You know, it's unfortunate for everybody there. But as I, you know, we had kind of said before, we would love to go check out a game out in Oakland before they go away. And then obviously when they open up in Vegas, you know, we'll take a look there as well. Yep. Fans out in Oakland are pissed and they have every right to be. I think that was very funny, you know, having the faces of Manfred and uh, John Fisher throwing tomatoes at it. I think, you know, that's exactly how they should feel right now. All of those complaints are going to fall on deaf ears because Major League Baseball doesn't give a crap about you guys. I think it's pretty obvious. What they're going to do is they're going to bait all these Vegas tourists and be like, hey, you want to go to a ball game? And they're going to be like, oh, sure. And then they're going to fill the ballpark and act like, oh, look at our attendance numbers. It's a gigantic sideshow at best. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get a ton difference out there, uh, especially in Vegas heat. I know there's the roof. Is going to be retractable. It'll, you know, take away some of the heat there, but it's going to be tough to fill that ballpark. I think, especially in the first couple of years, at least consistently, you know, we'll see a large crowd for opening day, I'm sure, and some other key series. But if this team continues to kind of tank, not perform well, shout out to Brent Rooker, though. He's one of the bright spots on this team. His 11th home run last night in a walk-off win against the Rangers. Uh, ties Rafael Devers with their home run league in the AL. So he may be up for rookie of the year as well. Uh, Gunnar Henderson's not really doing too, too well as of right now. Doing decently, but not nearly enough what Brent Rooker's doing. So, you know, as for the Vegas A's, though, uh, it's going to be uh, a weird scenario for sure in the next couple of years. Speaking of Gunnar Henderson and the Baltimore Orioles, have you seen this little sprinkler celebration they got out there? Yeah, I have. It's actually called the bird bath out in section 86 in the outfield. Uh, for those that don't know, it's in left center field right by the bullpen there. And so this basically started when the Orioles would hit an extra base hit this season. Guys in the dugout fill their mouths with water and then they shoot it out like a sprinkler uh, just for like a little celebration. It caught a lot of wins with fans. They loved it. Obviously the team loves it and the whole organization decided, Hey, Let's dedicate a section out in the outfield and let's do our own sprinkler celebration. So as we saw last night against the Pirates, when a couple of guys hit some extra base hits, the uh, grounds crew member just took the hose out in the bullpen and started spraying the fans with water. It's pretty funny. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see if they keep it up in the postseason when they do make it and it's cold out. If they continue to spray the people out there, I doubt they do that, but it would be pretty funny. Uh, So for those 
that are going out to a Baltimore Orioles game this season and you happen to land in Section 86, might want to bring a poncho. Otherwise, it should be hot enough out. Enjoy it. It's great. Yeah, no, really good energy out there right now in Baltimore between the team and the fans. And that team hits a lot of extra base hits as well. So you're going to be you're gonna be wet out there. That water bill is going to be high in Baltimore for sure. We all love catching home run balls. We all love catching foul balls. But please be careful out there. It is not worth your life. Definitely. Uh, so in the Arizona Diamondbacks game against the Giants, uh, Casey Schmidt, who we'll talk about in just a second, hit a home run out launched it real far out there in the outfield and a couple of fans went to go merge to try to get it and this guy kind of reached over the seat to try and grab it but kind of lost his balance and landed right on his head it definitely is an exciting moment especially for someone that kind of sees a you know either a foul ball or a home run come his way you want to make sure you're in position to try to catch it if not if you're close you want to try to gauge how you can kind of get to that ball and it looks like he kind of just lost control of himself and landed straight right on his head. So it uh, looked like he was okay. But Mike, hit me with some stats for Schmidt. Because so far in his young season, he's doing excellent for the Giants. Casey Schmidt has been on fire. He's 9 for 16. He's got three doubles, two homers, five RBIs. Doing a wonderful job filling in for a fan favorite out there in Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford has been a steady Eddie out there. He's won a couple of titles with them. It's going to be interesting to see if they're going to go with the younger kid at shortstop or, you know, bring Crawford back into the lineup. They should not take Casey Smith out. They should find a place for him defensively. Uh, so far, his bat's got the pop. He's tied with the most hits in his first three games with Willie McCovey. I believe uh, eight hits is the exact number. Anytime you're mentioned in the same breath as Willie McCovey, you're doing something right. He also became the first shortstop in the modern era with three straight multi-hit games to begin his career with each game including at least one extra base hit. Unfortunately, he went one for four Friday, uh, but he still, you know, is mashing. And yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see how the Brandon Crawford situation shakes out. Maybe Schmidt, you know, hits some DH uh, while he, you know, kind of changes up with Crawford at shortstop over there on defense. But an impressive start nonetheless for the 24-year-old. You got to keep him in the lineup. Absolutely. What do you say we head home, huh? I'm ready to go home, ready to go out for Mother's Day. First matchup we're looking at. We're looking at an old, old National League matchup, now an interleague matchup. We got the Cubs versus the Astros. Haven't played each against each other, if I'm not mistaken, since 2019. Yeah, that's correct. Two teams kind of battling in the division right now. Astros are not in first place as of this recording, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, they do sweep them. Maybe they can hop into that first place uh, position. Currently three games back sitting at 20 and 18. Yeah, I mean, Cody Bellinger had an interesting World Series against the Astros of several years back. So it's going to be interesting to see the applause he gets coming back to Houston. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, with the Cubs, they're two games back in the division. They're sitting at 500 at 19 and 19. Uh, they lost six of their last 10. So they're scuffling a little bit as this whole division is. But, yeah, maybe uh, going into Houston, we'll see some offense for them. American League West, Mariners, taking on the Red Sox Monday through Wednesday of this week. These are two American League teams, uh, one we predicted to be in the playoffs, one we did not. Uh, Red Sox playing better than we expected, Mariners playing worse than expected. Julio Rodriguez currently on the struggle bus right now, but the Mariners are getting a wonderful contribution offensively from Teoscar Hernandez. 
Yeah, these are another two teams we really talk about often, at least for matchups we want to see in the next week. Uh, Mariners are actually doing pretty well in their last 10. Uh, They've won seven games. They're only four games back, a game back behind the Astros. So I think we kind of mentioned this a couple shows ago. I think we just got to kind of see them develop a little bit. As you mentioned, Julio Rodriguez struggling. We'll see if he can pick things up. I think once the weather gets warmer outside, we're going to start to see him hit more homers, get into his stride. That sophomore slump is a real thing. As for the Red Sox, I mean, we've kind of been talking about them this whole show. Uh, what more can you say about them? They're just got a whole lot of grit on that team looking to kind of take these Mariners down in Boston. Absolutely. And for our final matchup, we have the Twins versus the Dodgers. You ask, why is that such a big deal? It is kind of a random baseball matchup when you think about it. Not so fast. Carlos Correa Everybody out there in L.A. loves him. Am I right? No. Carlos Correa walking into Dodger Stadium. Still the enemy from back in the day. You know he's going to be showered in booze. Although, in the offseason, Carlos Correa was linked to the Dodgers a couple of times, and they passed on him. Yeah, I mean, he'll go from getting booed in Minnesota to getting booed in Los Angeles. Maybe you'll hear some cheers just to kind of maybe say jeers instead uh, from the Dodgers faithful interesting matchup both teams are in first place Dodgers are super high as we said in the show so I think this will be another great matchup out there in Chavez Ravine we'll see who comes out on top there yeah we just want to say to all you mothers out there we hope you enjoy this episode this one was made specially for you we love all of you guys tune in next week